Thank you. Man, that's so good. Thank you guys so much. You may be dismissed. So good. When I asked Gabby if she could sing that song, she's like, oh my gosh, that is like my life. The last few months, I just, I live this song. Like, that's what we want. People who live the words of the songs don't just sing songs. You all know that. We don't just sing words on a screen. But it's our desire to live them, to have them impact us. And that's kind of what we're going to be taking a look at today through Psalm 139. And I don't know about you, but I love this psalm, but I love the fact that the Word of God is so living and so active that even now in my 43 years of life, it still is impacting me, right? How many of you come to the Word of God and you just know that there is something real and living and active and hopeful and transformative when you come to the Word of God? Amen? Isn't that beautiful? And it's so exciting. I don't know. Like, I think when I was a teenager, I read the Bible to know everything. And I wanted to know the answers for everything. And I wanted to give an answer for anyone who asked me the reason for the hope that I have. You know what I'm talking about? But now in in this, you know, older age of life, it gives me so much hope that I have the whole rest of my life to learn about God. Right? Right? That it's this learning, this, this knowing. In Spanish, we actually have a word, it's conocer, which means to know, but it's like an experiential knowing, right? In English, we have just kind of like, oh, I know that. Or, you know, teenagers love to say, oh, I know that, right? <laughs> or even my son at six, help me, Jesus, is already like, mama, I know. I'm like, oh, great, thanks, thanks. But there's an experiential knowing, right? Something you know about, but then it's something that you know in your bones, right? And that is the hope that I have every time I come to the Word of God, that there is a deeper level to knowing the heart of my Father, to knowing who I am when I come to the Word. And so I don't know about you, but routines are important. How many of you have seen all this stuff out there lately? I feel like there's so much stuff out there lately about routines. Has anybody seen stuff like, this is my morning routine, and I, just me, just TikTok maybe, I don't know, but like, but there's a lot out there like, this is what I drink, this is my smoothie, this is the vitamins, this is, maybe it's just a woman in this world, okay? Maybe that's what I see. But there is a lot about routines and rhythms in our lives, right? Um, my grandma, for example, she passed away um, right before, Ali- oh no, right after Elias was born. But she, man, that woman, every Monday she would dust. Every Tuesday she would vacuum. Every Wednesday she would do laundry. Do you know what I'm talking about? She had this routine and she would say, okay, what day is it? I'm like, well, grandma, it's Thursday today. She's like, oh my goodness, I need to clean the kitchen. And she would get up and she would start cleaning the kitchen. She had her routine down, her rhythm down. She knew exactly what she was going to do. And when we come to the word, there is a word that says meditate on the word day and night, right? Meditate on the scripture. And there's a rhythm and a routine that God invites us in as we meditate on the scripture. And it honestly wasn't until I was in college that I learned what meditating on the scripture was, okay? Now this is before I was really introduced to like, 
you know, there was no Facebook back then. There was no YouTube back then. There was no like Peloton app with meditation, okay? There was nothing about meditation. So I didn't know what meditation was, really. I just knew that this was what we were going to do. And so on a choir trip in my college choir, we were driving, I think, to Florida. I'm not sure where. But I ended up sitting next to a man or a kid, college kid, from Haiti, And he had one of those tiny little Gideon Bibles. You know what I'm talking about? Tiny little Gideon Bibles. And he had it in his lap. And he would look at it. And then he'd look out the window. And he'd look at it again. And then he'd look out the window. And I was like, Diony, what are you doing? And he was like, I'm meditating on scripture. And I was like, Okay, you're going to have to teach me something because I've never seen this before. What are, I grew up pastor's kid. I grew up going to a Christian school and church, and I was never taught how to meditate on Scripture. So I'm going to teach you a little bit today in case you don't know as well because let's be honest, some of us need a refresher or there are all these different ways that people approach Scripture and approach prayer that we can always learn from, right? So this is what he did. He said, okay, well, I look at a verse, And I read the verse through. And then every time I read that verse, I focus on another word. So like the Lord is my shepherd, for example, right? So he reads the verse, the Lord is my shepherd. And he looks at that word, the Lord. And then he looks out the window. He's like, the Lord is my shepherd. And he thinks about what does that mean for the Lord to be his shepherd? And then he reads the verse again. The Lord is my shepherd. Not was, not will be. The Lord is my shepherd. What does that mean? And then he goes on and he goes, the Lord is my. Do you understand? And this is how he taught me how to meditate on scripture. And it has revolutionized my life. Because I sit with the word of God and I let the Holy Spirit speak the spirit of wisdom and revelation that Paul encourages us all to pray for. And I let the Lord speak to my heart. And as the Lord speaks to my heart, he transforms me and he sanctifies me and he reveals to me his heart for me as his daughter. And there is nothing better. There is nothing better. And so I thought that we could just do that together today. If you have had any kind of conversation with me over the last six to eight months, you know that Psalm 139 is wrecking my life. (laughs) It ekes out in everything that I talk about, in every conversation that I have, partly because when David wrote this, he, he added all of these different elements of prayer into this one psalm, and it is powerful, and it is transformative, and it is beautiful. And so since we've taken a whole like eight weeks of like deep dive thinking into First Corinthians, which is so wonderful and I'm so glad we did it, let's just like take a different type of breath <laughs> and breathe in scripture today. Does that sound good? I also want to admit that it, scripture is not always re- easy to, to read right? I don't know how many of you have ever tried to just open up your Bible and it sometimes just doesn't make sense. Anyone admit, willing to admit that? Right. Okay. And so there are portions of scripture that we need to do a deeper dive in to understand things, but I believe that Psalm 139 is something that we can all approach from our different walks of life and that the Holy Spirit can do something new 
in each and every one of us, and we don't need to necessarily do a deep dive into things. I think we can understand things. Um, and so what I'd like is for Steve and Bob, they're gonna hand out Psalm 139 to you in a paper. If you have something to write with, you do not have to have something to write with because, you know, I know a lot of us don't, which is totally fine. Um, but if you have something to write with, as we read through this psalm together, just underline it. If you have a question, underline it. If you have a thought like, oh, I think the Lord wants to lean in on this aspect of my life a little bit, highlight it, underline it. But we're just going to sit in this psalm together with the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Lord's heart to us this morning. Now, something that's also cool is, is listening to Scripture. My mom has taken this last year, and she is listening through the entire Bible. As she's out doing her barn chores, as she's out doing whatever, she's listening to the Word of God. There is something also about listening. Did you know that in the old days, Scripture was read out loud, right? It wasn't everybody had their own little copy of the Torah, and they had it at their home, and they had their quiet time devotion with Jesus, it was a communal thing that the scripture was read and people discussed it and talked about it. Okay. So before, before we get into this, I know it's a risk to hand it out already, but I just want to acknowledge that not only are some parts of scripture a little bit confusing, but that we also have a real enemy who does not want us to be transformed from death into life. You know this, yes? who does not want us to be able to understand, to be transformed by the word. He doesn't want us to know the heart of our Father. So before we, we read this together, I do wanna pray, okay? And before I even read scripture on my own, I pray. And so let's, let's do this together, okay? Let's pray with me. Father, I thank you for who you are. Lord, we just sing amazing songs about your love and about how you're sweeter than anything else, how you're stronger, how you pursue us, how you love us. And Lord, I thank you for, for this psalm. I thank you for David, who lived a crazy life, but he knew your love and your kindness and your mercy and your forgiveness. He knew your presence. And so, Lord, before we read this, I just, I ask that any hindrance that would um, stop us from understanding your love or from understanding your presence, Lord, that that, that would just be gone, Lord, that, that we would all truly have a spirit of wisdom and revelation as we approach your word today. Father, I know the words of healing that you have done in my life through the words in the psalm, and I know the healing that you've done over generations through the words of this psalm. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would even just have your way today in our family here, that you would bring healing, that you would bring restoration, you would bring comfort, you would bring peace, that you would transform us from death into life as we read these words. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. So Madeline read a little bit during worship, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to read it slowly so that we can kind of let the words sink in. And there are a few parts that I feel like the Holy Spirit just wanted me to emphasize as we go through this. Um, but don't wait for me to say anything. If there's something that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, underline it and take time with it. 
Um, one of the most empower, empowering things when I was in college, when we would read scripture, it's like, read, but then stop. <laughs> Don't try to get through a Bible reading plan to check it off your list, right? Read, as, as when you're reading something, there's something that the Lord is speaking or saying or convicting you of, just stop there. And just let the Holy Spirit do his work. <laughs> do you hear what I'm saying? Because sometimes it's easy to just check a box. Like, I read it, check, I read it, check. And our minds and our spirits and our bodies aren't completely engaged with what we're doing, right? So we want to get into a place where we can do that. <sighs> Let's go. <laughs> oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. 
Oh God, if you, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes. <laughs> I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Lord, we just say thank you for your word. Just say thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you do know us, that you see us, that you hear us, that your presence is always available, always around us. Have your way, Lord. Amen. Um, how many of you, when I got to verse 19, were a little surprised? Oh, Lord of God, if you would only destroy the wicked. Were you, were you surprised by that? I feel like a few times when I've read through Psalm 139 in worship, I skip verses, you know? Because it's like, it feels a little bit, did it feel uncomfortable a little bit sometimes when we get to that point? Um, and so I wanted to just start here. Um, David, who wrote this, obviously had physical enemies, yes? People who were pursuing him, who were trying to kill him, who truly did. I mean, we remember the Philistines, right? Goliath was truly blaspheming God, and this little kid, David, was like, dude, who are you talking about? And he got his slingshot, and he knocked him dead, right? My son loves that story. I try to skip the chopping his head part off. He doesn't let me do that. So, um, but there is something about this vengeance, right? This, this thing that sometimes we wish, um, how do I say this? There is a movie that is out right now um, called Sound of Freedom, that talks about, I cannot, I will, I will tell you this right now, don't talk to me about the movie, um, because I lived in Colombia and I worked with kids who, and families, and so don't talk to me about the movie, just because it'll make me angry all over again, and I've worked really hard <laughs> to not be angry. Um, but the truth is, there are wicked people in the world, yes? Even still today, wicked people, even in the United States, not just in other countries, wickedness happens, right? Now, there were times in David's life where he understood the spiritual realm of all the things, but we know that our battle is not against what? Right, our battle is not against flesh and blood. And so, but we do have very real enemies. There are very real things that happen in the world that blaspheme against God that look at people in a way that doesn't speak to their image of God, but it speaks to people as being able to be used, right? Or belittled, do you understand what I'm saying? 
And so they're real things. And I believe in our own lives, there are things that, that come against us personally that tempt us to blaspheme God as well. That tempt us to say, God, you're not really good. God, you don't really love me. God, if you really saw all of these things, you would do this or this or this or this. And they can tempt us to blaspheme against God, blaspheme his character. And so what I love about David is that he says all of these things. Let's be honest, David was also kind of a wicked dude, yes? Not wicked like cool, but wicked like he caused somebody to die so that he could sleep with his wife. You know what I'm saying? Like David was also a wicked person. And so when he says, search me, oh God, and know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts, he's also surrendering because he knows that wickedness also lives in him. Do you hear me? And it's when we surrender that to Jesus and we say, listen, we know, not only do we have this real realm of enemies around us, spiritual and physical and really difficult, awful, horrendous things, but also we lay our lives down for you, for you to search us and test us, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. But you know what's beautiful about this whole psalm is David starts out knowing that God knows all the things, right? And then knowing that sometimes there's a holy fear <laughs> that comes into us when we know that God knows all the things, right? God knows our searches on our phones. God knows our inner thoughts when we're driving in traffic. God knows our frustrations when we're trying whatever and it's not working. God knows our thoughts when our kids don't just obey right away with a happy heart, right? God knows everything about us. And so we willingly say, search me. Search me and know my heart. Lead me along the path of everlasting life. It's just beautiful. So let's go back. I just had to go there because it's like towards the end and sometimes you have to go to the end to understand all of the things. But I, um, something that, there are a few things that the Lord really did in my life and I just, I just feel like I, I need to speak them out in this group here. I just feel like there's something beautiful um, here in verse um, 11. If y'all could go to verse 11. Um. In my life, up at this point of my life, I have experienced grief. And I don't know if anybody else in here has ever experienced grief. But sometimes it feels so dark that you don't even know where the light can come in, right? I remember an experience that I had where it's like, Lord, if I open up my heart to like truly grieve the things that have happened in my life, like I don't know if my heart will continue to beat <laughs> because there have been very painful, painful things. And so the Lord was just so gracious this last six months and just allowing me to unpack some of my grief. And, and this, these verses really spoke to me because it says, I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. If you've been in a grieving place, sometimes it feels like that. It feels like everything is dark, that there is no light, that there is no hope, that there is nothing. You just feel that. But I love this, even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. 
To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. And so I just, I felt like I needed to encourage anyone in here who is going through grief, who is feeling darkness around them, to know that that God is even in that space. That God is holding you that God is with you, that God is even leading you to face some things that are gonna be hard, but his purpose and his plan is still good and life-giving. And on the other side of grief, there is something beautiful. So I don't know who that's for, but there are just a few things in this scripture that, that I just really felt like the Lord really wanted to highlight. And, um, and so I just, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Um, The next little portion here as well. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. And I just, I wanted to speak this. um, I've been talking with one of my absolute best friends in the whole world. Um, Her son was born with some really, really difficult um, uh, handicap issues. Um, His body was not formed well (laughs) in her body for whatever reason. And she struggles with this verse. As a mom, she struggles. Like, Lord, how, like, I come to this verse and it says I am that my son even is fearfully and wonderfully made, but his spine is not put together and his body parts don't work the way they're supposed to. How is this wonderful? How is this beautiful? How is this, like how? You know, and her family struggles with it too, but you know what? Her son loves life. Her son, like, he, he isn't, they've, they've made sure medication is available. He's not in pain. He is one of the most hilarious, fun kids you could ever be around, ever in life. He's incredible. He knows nothing else besides his body. And he honors God with his body. Right? And so it's hard sometimes, and I, and I just want to encourage us, because I know that some of us here are, are friends or family or even in ourselves, we feel like, God, why did, okay, <laughs> my son just this past week, I I'm, I'm feel so bad that he's like, again, another example, but he's like, Mama, why didn't God make me with a myrrh tail? Like, he loves to swim, and we ended up buying him, like, a mer tail, and he's really good at swimming. But, like, even this week, he's like, Mama, why didn't God make me with a mer tail? I'm like, son, I I don't know. He wanted you to have legs. He wanted you to be a real person, not a mythological character. I don't know, right? But how many of us have ever asked God, God, why did you make me whatever way? I think all of us probably have. Whether it's your eye color, your skin color, your body shape, size. God, why did you, right? We, I think, can we be honest that we've all asked God that? Okay, just to make sure. Because there are some people who are still struggling with that. Like, God, why did you, right? God made us to glorify him. That is why we're here. That is why he made us all different. He didn't want anyone to be the same, but that also applies to people whose bodies don't work or function the way other people's bodies work or function, right? That also applies to people who are differently abled, 
right? That also applies to people. There, there is a glory that only certain types of people can give God. And when we're in community and we welcome that and we see that, and we don't just pray for things to go away, but we look at someone who has a different type of body, different abilities than I have, or different things, and we say, wow, God is glorified in you. How beautiful is that, right? My, my son went to a school for kids on the spectrum. He's not on the spectrum, he was a peer mentor. But I worked with kids who are on the spectrum for a few years, and they are glorious. They are amazing. The way that they see the world, the way that they call things out as they see it, when they see it, you know, there's no filter, there's no nothing. It's a gift. People with Down syndrome, there's a gift. Do you see me? Do you hear me? So even when, even when bodies are formed differently in their mama's wombs, we are all created to glorify God. Amen? We are all created to glorify God, all, every single one of us. And we don't need to pity we don't need to feel sorry for. We can come alongside, say, okay, what kind of support do you need? What kind of help can we give? But when we look at everyone is made in the image of God, no matter what they look like, no matter how their bodies function, it is a gift to our community. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so the, the last little bit that I really felt like the Lord wanted to highlight is how he is always present. How he is always present. Verse seven says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, let me get my right page, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. What I love about this section is it just shows us that there is nothing that is in vain when we surrender our lives to Jesus. There's nothing that's in vain. There is no season that's in vain when we surrender our life to Jesus, right? How many of you have ever felt like, I have no idea what God is doing in my life right now? Anybody? Just me? Okay. All right. <laughs> I have no idea what you are doing in my life right now. But nothing is in vain when we surrender ourselves to the leading and guiding of Jesus. Nothing. He is in all of it. He is in the job promotions. He is in the job loss. He is in the budding relationships and he is in the broken ones. He is in every moment when we surrender our life to his leading and guiding. And even, this is how cool God is, right? Even if a season, we aren't surrendering, we're like, dude, I'm gonna do my own thing, deuces, right? And we just try to do things on our own. You know what's so cool about it? Is that we look back and we're like, God, you actually were with me. <laughs> you actually were protecting me. You actually were guiding me. Even when, right, the psalmist says, even when I make my bed, I make my bed in the grave. When I follow the things that lead to death, even there, you are guiding me. I can't go anywhere outside of your presence. How incredible is that? God is so good. He is so faithful. 
And so um, the last little bit of our worship today, because I believe that learning from the word and being in the word is also worship. And um, we're, we're going to start doing communion here once a month, which I think is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And yeah, I'm super excited about it. And as, as we've talked about it in the staff meeting, um, the early church did it every time they gathered, right? But it was a whole thing. <laughs> it was like a straight up meal that they did together. And as much as Lori loves cooking for us, I am not making her do that every week, right? Okay. And so, so we're going to be doing this once a month. And I know that's different because we've been kind of doing it like once a quarter in different ways. But I, I, I believe that there is something beautiful about the table of the Lord, that there is a true meal. <laughs> um, the, the psalm says that there's a table that you've prepared for me even in the presence of my enemies. And I believe that the communion table is that. There's a table that God prepares for us even in the presence of our enemies where he reminds us that his body and his blood are for us, that they are the finished work of the cross, that we are made new, that we are invited into this reconciliation with the Lord. And so we're gonna, we're gonna take communion together. Does that sound good? And, and as the Lord has been bringing up things possibly in this psalm and in this scripture, the, the table is where we get to really, I mean, literally ingest it, <laughs> right? We get to, to say, Jesus, I believe this is for me. I believe you are for me. I believe this body and this blood is the finished work that you performed on the cross to sanctify me, to reconcile me to my Father, right? And so we're going to do it. We do communion a lot of different ways, but I, I wanted us to kind of do it individually today. So if the ushers can come up, and they're going to, um, I think in the trays are actual like cups. There's a cup of the juice. We don't do wine here, if, in case you're new. Um, we do nothing against wine, but we just don't do it. Um, we do juice and we do bread. I don't think it's gluten-free, but that's okay. So, um, so take a cup of each, um, and then we will take it all together. Does that sound good? So you'll hold on to it as they're passing it out. And then um, we will take it all together. And then we're just going to have a time of reflection. So come on. And I'm going to play the piano, of course, because that's what I do. <laughs> and um, do the prayer and all the things. And I know this was kind of like a short and simple thing, but I feel like the word of God is deep. And it can do a lot. And I encourage you to, to just keep continuing to meditate on the word of God this week. And let the Lord speak to you.
there's still some people getting it. I'm going to go ahead and uh, just lead us in this time of reflection. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them and said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. Jesus, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. In a similar way, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this in remembrance of me. Let's take the blood together. You can just hold on to those cups or set them next to you once they're empty. We have trash cans when you leave, but we're not leaving yet. So (laughs) we just say thank you, Jesus, for your blood. another song um, that a woman named Stephanie Gretzinger wrote and so I just thought it would be a perfect way to just kind of end our time together this morning just reflecting again on um, no one there's no one who loves us like Jesus no one sees us no one hears us no one understands our hearts like Jesus No. 
like Jesus. His faithful hand has held me all this way. And when I'm old and gray and all my days are numbered on the earth, let it be known in you alone, my joy was justice that needs to come would come through your hands, Lord. And in the meantime, that that we wouldn't be tempted to blaspheme against you, 
Lord, but we would, but we would press into your grace, into your mercy, into your comfort, into your healing, Lord. And Lord, for those who might even just be struggling with how you made them and how you formed them. God, I just ask that your comfort and your joy would come, that your peace would come, that we were made to glorify you, that that's it. This, this temptation to compare ourselves to others, to compete with others, this dissatisfaction sometimes that we feel that we're not who we wish we would be, our bodies don't work the way we wish they would, Lord, that we would be willing to surrender to how you formed our bodies, Lord. And if there is healing that is coming, God, that you would do it. Just like blind Bartimaeus, it was you allowed him to be blind for your glory and then you healed him. <laughs> you get the glory and the pain and you get the glory and the healing. That's who you are, that's who you are. Finally, Lord, I just, I just pray for those who might feel far from you. God, I just ask that you would, through your word, through your presence, through however you want to communicate, Lord, that you would prove your nearness. for all of us, I just ask that you would reignite a passion for your word, a passion for reading your word, a passion for understanding your word, a passion for being transformed by your word, that we would be a people who, who understand what the Bible says and want to live lives that align with it. God, we just thank you for this time and family. Thank you for this time and your presence, Lord. You are so good to us, God. You are so good. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Sweet. You are dismissed. That's it. <laughs>